Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Welcome to Tactical Permaculture, episode number 10. This is Food Forest Defense Training with Pakiti Tershikali, uh, originally recorded October 23rd, 2021. So the storm happens. I go on a mission to go and pick up what I need for establishing the food forest, the basic, basic, basic assemblage of um, the seven layers of a food forest, which uh, you can look up and which I'll talk about in other, in other times, but uh, seven vertical layers of crops that are interactively diversifying the, the, the vertical planes of, um, of, uh, of layers of a food forest. Um, getting all those species and getting them ready to, to uh right now the right now the main factor is having a very very um secure very very secure fortified nursery area to to um not plant anything in the soil as it is there needs to be a lot of um conditioning of the soil to really support anything it's just literally dead sand which is great as its own resource but i need to do a lot of alchemy with soil building um in order to just plant things i mean yeah of course you can just throw stuff in the ground and certainly natives and adapted species to the to the conditions of the climate then 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 there is there's definitely a place for just throwing stuff in the ground but um, if you want to plant mostly food and you want to accelerate succession with nitrogen fixing support species at an eight to one ratio of nitrogen fixing tree sacrificial fast growing trees to every productive fruit tree which is the jeff lawton um, ratio if you will um, you you need to do a lot more prep work in, in, in creating that, that environment with the earthworks and mulching and irrigation strategies and whatnot. So, and species selection and then protecting them and keeping them shaded and windproofed and all that stuff. It's, 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 a, it's a lot that goes into it. So with the time pressure and getting that assemblage of things, I'm out there and then this interesting because when you make a nursery run and, and I, I, if you score, like, for example, anybody who has had this experience, I think they'll get a little extra, a little extra pleasure about me, <laughs> me, um, they will be able to commiserate and get a little extra pleasure about me talking about this. But it's like when you take custody of plant stock from seedlings to little 
sell trays, six packs, uh, you know, gallon buckets, five gallons to two foot box trees. When you take custody of of those plants, you, the clock is ticking for you to, and they're they're going to experience not just let alone the or before before even considering the transplant shock of taking them out of their boxes or cans or or trays or whatever you're also changing their relationship to the sun i mean i ha- i couldn't i felt so bad for i was able to get trees inside the cab of my truck for the most part but one of them one of them had to get wind whipped the whole fucking way <laughs> driving far and uh and I could see it the whole time in my rearview mirror and I felt so fucking bad but I guess I had to say I'm gonna I'm like just promising I'm gonna take such good care of you if you survive this you'll be such a trooper and you will have you'll have nom stories to tell about that ride how you survived it and uh and definitely you hey you'll be that much more prepared for for what 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 it could be like but i i plan to not expose these trees to that much um of an onslaught but that was pretty much yeah what it was like uh that was basically a simulated storm driving um driving those trees and and i think about yeah eventually i'll do the right thing and build up those fancy uh tree transporting um you see them where their nurseries know what they're fucking doing and they they put wind blocks um for transporting trees but a lot of times people don't and they just <laughs> they just traumatize them like that but um but when you take custody and you realize something inside of you kicks into a protective mode you become like the mama bear for those because you spent money on them because you know they're going to be suffering and uh and also if you're in my circumstance where you're gardening in the wild you don't get to just like oh cool i'll fucking pull up in my suburban whatever which i've done which you know it's great i mean i miss parts of that uh, but uh but it's like okay yeah i'll just pull up with everything and throw it in the backyard you know there's a fence like maybe there's raccoons there's not too many too many rodents or whatever you just i just i just think back to how carefree most of my gardening life has been closer to the cities and suburbs and whatnot to where urban permaculture (laughs) it's not going to be stripped to the bone it's almost like you think about you know breaking down in a bad neighborhood and, and like that fucking scene in opportunity knocks where they do a <laughs> they do a time lapse of the car them leaving their broken down car and they do a time lapse of everybody stripping it down to the to the nub and then i think there's even somebody who comes by and spray paints it afterward it was a fucking great little sequence but that's literally what it's like <laughs> if you make a nursery run and you're fucking permaculturing in the wild you turn your fucking back on that on what you brought out for a fucking minute and it gets stripped down to the fucking nub and all you see is fucking teeth marks and shit and piss and uh you know the the remains of a few uh, inedible parts here spit out here and there but literally it's it's like that i mean i literally feel like and i love i love that there's this much life left on this planet but i literally feel like 
the uh, when I stop having nightmares about people and society, it's just going to be nightmares about all the millions of different um, teeth that are basically always coming in waves to to just tear my my little fantasy garden reality apart and like and and just completely consume it all as though it was never even fucking there and i think sometimes it's you know it's there's a grace in being uh in this peaceful war with nature if you will and with all the critters it's like (laughs) you can't really get emotionally like uh triggered by them um because they're not out to get you you can't take it personally right you're the dumbass thinking that you can plant a fucking buffet and then go to sleep (laughs) whereas all the nocturnal animals just see like oh thanks like fuck you're a great guy thanks so much hey look we appreciate you so much for offering this buffet that we cleaned our fucking plates and didn't leave a scrap that's how much we appreciate you thank you they even fucking leave a, a note, you know? <laughs> so they lick their paws and um, and you're out all that money and you're crying. Uh, you're, so I've been there, done that, and you have that happen enough times, then you get this sense of like, oh my God, you know, fuck. Even the door opening. So, so it, it, it's, it's a... It's entertaining. It's a little bit of a circus act uh, when you when you take them. And the fuck, the funny thing is too, though, is that you always have this nursery uh, effect of, you know, you your eyes are bigger than your muscles or whatever. You know, you you don't think about or I you could think about it and you could moderate yourself uh if you were if you know if you if you really wanted to but then you get these impulse buys and you're like oh fuck and you fall in love with something and and then all of a sudden you just in a few minutes of fiending at the fucking nursery you then set yourself up for all-nighters of um of of having to hustle to get stuff secured and planted if not fully planted at least like triaging it and watering and this and that so i've had beautiful times working in collectives where where i could take on a bunch of nursery stock like we could go and get a craigslist store of an entire community garden that was going to be sold and bulldozed and them saying come and have at it like shopping spree come with the truck and dig out and transplant anything you want from a fucking it was probably a no like a a at least a football field or two size of a of a a community garden that was that was being about that was going to be paved and they lost it so so we had to uh go down there and send (laughs) a a delegation um to go and and literally like maniacs it was it was such a trippy day there's so many people there it was a fucking like uh it was like um it was a frenzy but uh but then we ended up with literally like an absurd amount of 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 plant stock that we rescued and uh and then the clock is ticking and luckily I was able to be the, the conductor of that orchestra of, of, of people power 
to get it all tucked away and 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 everything um so that we didn't have any major losses um but doing it by myself now and then and then again always over over uh getting more than i than i realize is going to take the time for and then also my my one of my favorite strategies is is stocking up on pretty almost everything that's in the produce section of a grocery store that has an intact root system or is itself a tuber in which it, it itself the vegetable is the root if you will um so leeks onions garlic sweet potatoes leeks did i say leeks uh fennel um even uh radishes and uh beets and um ginger turmeric the list goes on and now it's great when they when you see living herbs as as well uh is a great a great thing that's come up uh in the last however many years but um but that process and i don't have refrigeration so i had to prep and chop and separate and clean and uh and basically do quart jar brine fermentation um assembly line of fermentation quart jars with all of the the tops of of all the all, of all the the uh, plantable produce section scores that i got and uh and tuck them away so and all all of this before the sun comes to scorch everything and hopefully protecting everything at each phase from being devoured <laughs> by the the so the so uh dutiful and so respectful um diners at the buffet of my uh <laughs> of of my as yet unsecured garden but um what that led to which is worth noting is uh the strategy that i have used which is uh in the pdc uh with molson lawton where um they call it a chicken dome which you could do it with pvc pipe and basically make a, a a dome structure and uh and then cover it with with a mesh of of uh a wire mesh to to your appropriate appropriate to your circumstances um whether it be chicken wire or hardware cloth and i have fallen madly in love with the quarter inch mesh hardware cloth which as opposed to what i think is the more standard half inch hardware cloth has different uses of course um i mean there's the quarter inch hardware cloth is not going to keep i don't i would not trust that to keep uh canines out of chicken coops um or even other determined um critters to to who would who would want to i mean i don't see them losing i don't see them wanting to chip or grind away their teeth on that mesh but i do feel like it's just it's not as thick obviously as the as the the more standard size i think quarter inch hardware cloth so 
the potential for it to just on its own sort of warp and weaken and have breaches, you know, I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it'll stand up well to the smaller critters who would want to just munch on roots and foliage. And so it's, it's a trade-off, but I'm happy with it because it's so pliable. It's so flexible. You can shape it and you can work with it and it's far more agile million times more agile to work with with that quarter inch hardware cloth and so you know for just making a little plant nursery box um keeping the 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 moles and the gophers and the rats and the mice and whatnot um chicken wire does nothing to keep rodents out because rodents can squeeze down to the size of a dime you know and so uh they they always blow my mind with that but the quarter inch hardware cloth is i'm I'm in love with it so what i have done is i as i got a uh a five foot high ten foot diameter jungle gym um buckyball style uh metal dome and uh assembled that and and uh covered it with um with mesh and in some some genius of math and geometry far smarter than me could actually make an efficient design of how to apply the hardware cloth to that uh that buckyball style dome geometry to where it would actually overlap consistently and not bow out and be all wonky everywhere for me i don't that doesn't come to me naturally i don't have the patience for it so what do i end up with a very messy um very messy uh stitching job of placing and wrapping this uh, hardware cloth on a on a on a dome so the fun was staying up late, gar- nothing like gardening to side trance at night and doing something as much that feels like you're literally in the Qbert Pac-Man <laughs> like immersion Tron, you're just in that zone and for re- with real stakes. I mean literally I cannot fail on the mission to secure this dome with hardware cloth because if i leave even an an inch gap anywhere that's all it that's all it takes and i come back hours later in the morning and everything is just a nub um literally it can be that bad but you know probably what will happen is that uh I think I even thought about, okay, there's always going to be, even just because moving it, whatever, there's always, it's just, it was, it was, it was great fun to play side trance at night and to be securing that with wires and, and chopping up. It was, it felt like being inside of, uh, of, uh, of Tron or, or, or Pac-Man or something. But, um, but then I know even with all of that effort, um and unless you were to like literally hand stitch every linear inch of contact 
you know, you're, you're, you're going every, I mean, I'm going every few inches or where it looks like sometimes if it's bowing out and wonky, I'm going to have to put in a bunch more basically little loop stitches of wire, um, to fasten it together and to, to, to flatten the overlapping parts. Um, maybe, yeah, in a perfect, in a perfect world, there would be a group of people and we would stitch it 100% sealed off but uh but i'm expecting there to be always some breach point um and then that actually gave me the idea that i'm so so concerned about the welfare of these trees now because of how far away everything is from me and how it's like the stakes are high so um so i thought about actually like putting bells like permanent christmas tree ornaments on all of the 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 trees in the nursery um so that if anything's on there trying to tear them to pieces uh then i would actually have alarm bells that would go off and it would be a beautiful ornate thing and hopefully the wind wouldn't just uh, hopefully they would not be triggered by the wind that they would it would require them to be climbed on or or jumped on for them to go off but uh but i'm i'm deeply immersed in this um uh (laughs) this appropriate tact being a tactician of gardening is an appropriate application of the defender warrior energy and um you know like some people say hey i mean I don't have a deer problem out here, but some people would say, well, I guess I'm deer gardening if the deer are going to come and eat everything I'm planting. Well, then what do you, what do you do then? Well, of course, uh, all, all legal considerations, uh, uh, for granted, um, then, well, now you've attracted your much more uh complete nutrition uh dinner piece that's <laughs> that's that's another way to look at it but uh i'm not too keen on um on eating rats at this point nothing against eating rats but um i'd rather just keep them out of there and uh and they will be happy to scavenge the 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 scraps and the compost and the green waste and whatnot so everybody everybody wins um everybody wins in 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 a good design but um yeah that said where where this where i want to take this to the the more exciting um (laughs) kind of full circle with with the the what would you call it the now i can i can get a little bit more macho i can get a little bit more tough guy now coming full circle to why when why when i realized that this was the time this was this was an appropriate time for me to um properly cite the influence of pakiti Kali on my personal spiritual development as a martial artist and a civilian martial artist let's just put it that way so the 
that chain of events of having to go into beast mode <laughs> in defense of building a perimeter for these vulnerable this vulnerable plant stock and knowing that there's a there's multiple countdowns that I'm that are working against me when are the rains going to come when is another storm going to hit uh how soon is, is are these plants going to get dried out do i have enough water for them and me Am, is etc cetera, etc cetera. am i going to be able to protect them and keep them from just being wiped out i can't go to sleep until i know that uh that they're secured and so what does that push me to do in that kind of beast mode it pushes me to not just throw my back out from one act activity it's like it is like a compounding um snowballing back throwing out thing and like so to to get to a point to where i'm trying to describe it i mean i wanted to say it would feel like being dragged across barbed wire but then i realized you know what I have not been dragged across barbed wire, so I'm not going to say that I can compare it to that. <laughs> I want to think of the most, uh, what I would rather do, I guess I could say, I could, I would consider if someone gave me the option to experience the pain I was experiencing, uh, I might consider opting for the experience of, of, uh, of being dragged across barbed wire to see how it, to see if it might be a little less painful because the agony of, and for younger people who have never had that experience of having your back thrown out, it's like, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to compare it to because it's not localized at your back. It literally is like, it feels like any movement that you make with any limb whatsoever, you turn your head, you bend down at all. You're just in this war with with the way gravity and uh, and contortion just triggers this highly sensitized. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird. It's like I don't know. I'm I'm not certainly not giving any medical advice, and I'm just fumbling through my intuition about how I could be. You know, I could be much more educated on this anatomy and the the pathophysiology of lower back pain and whatnot. But um, but it's it's like this. This is an interesting study for me. Of like, I never, and I'm not definitely not telling anybody not to listen to the signals of pain and to rest whenever they feel the signals of pain but the fucking reality is if you have to go into beast mode with back pain um because you've decided that that is the 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 trade-off you're willing to make um for whatever reason then what is then it's worth me uh spending some time to to honor the the um honor the the strength and the resolve and the resilience of staying in the fight so to speak so staying in the fight that i chose to 
that I chose. I, I picked the fight with nature to do this project here alone. Um, and if I'm going to stay in that fight, I don't get to tap out uh, if I start to feel that back pain. And for better or worse, until... And literally until... Like, I'm not... I, I don't see myself... Um, I mean, the best I can do is just limit the amount of heavy objects I have in my life that I have to deal with. But once, but once you, it's like, <laughs> once you have that back thrown out experience, it basically, you're not, you're not continuing to like lift heavy things. I'm not, I'm not saying what I'm doing is, oh, I lifted something that was way too heavy and I twisted and I didn't bend the knees and I did everything wrong. And then I'm going to just keep doing that well, that's what a lot of people do that gives them repetitive injuries in, in the mechanized, industrialized factory workforce. And, and I've been there. I've been a delivery driver. I've been in that... Um, <laughs> I've been a landscaper where where you, you don't get to like um, choose to do lighter tasks because you threw your back out. You just have to fucking grin and bear it and, 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 and soldier on through having thrown your back out, knowing that uh, in those circumstances, you, it probably is really fucking stupid and bad because you're actually, actually really like compounding, making it worse. For me, it's like now after having done that for that for so many years, the f like <laughs> lifting something light carries a stiff sentence um, and then and then it stays with you you can't and if you have to keep doing what you're doing even if it's light it doesn't fucking matter because you cross that line and now every thing that you do um like i just i just it wasn't i was just constantly constantly non-stop grimace and non-stop just yelps and um and and literally like biting a stick or biting a bullet with pain for hours and hours and hours nonstop and moving as fast as I could because of the time pressures upon me and, uh, and not doing it to impress anybody. There was nobody around to fucking impress <laughs> to be doing this. And I'm not so macho with myself. It's just literally like, knowing myself enough at this stage in life being like yeah this fucking sucks and i <laughs> i can't even remember now it's, it's been like this for enough years that i just can't even remember when it when when that wasn't this when that wasn't the the the, the scenario when it was just like all right you know what it's going to be one of those fucking days it's going to be one of those nights and uh and in, until unless I'm fucking paralyzed or I go numb or I can't move and I'm collapsed like that to this point, you know, knock on bamboo that I'm not just setting myself up for worse, uh, disaster in the future. It's all compounding, but it's basically like, well, you know what? I gotta get this. I gotta get things established now because I'm only going to get weaker. I'm only going to get older. It's only going to get more painful. And, and the, 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 the man, as it were, stole 40 years of my life, you know, or my productive years of my life. And now what it, what it left me with was really nothing to show for it 
and uh, and 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 not chronic back pain, but a a sort of like um, a very very fussy and very very like uh, un unforgiving um, tendency to just go go into bouts of of, of dealing with that pain to where it's like. Um, Fuck, I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I push anybody else to, to push themselves through what I push myself through. That's not in alignment with the ethics of permaculture. So tactical permaculture using the, the ethic of people care means if you're going to try to run a boot camp, you can't be grinding people down. And I've thought about this the more and more I listen to things like the Pipe Hitter podcast. I listen to the Pipe Hitter podcast and I go... They sell you the tip of the spear, but they treat you like the tread of the tire. And I'm not going to elaborate on that, but I will say like, um, you know, <laughs> I feel like the fucking tread of the tire. And I feel like when they wore me down, they replaced me. And that was just the the civilian private sector world of like, you're an employee, you're expendable, you're replaceable. You either work hard at a consistent pace nonstop for four, for eight hours a day or you're toast, you're gone, and we don't care. We're not responsible for you after you leave and we will fuckerize, the, the, fuckerize you uh, however we can to cut corners. That That's just the way it is. That goes for day laborers, that goes for contractors everything like you're you're on your fucking own a lot of the time so so yeah i choose to put myself through that and but what it what it teaches me uh as a my own drill sergeant and my own private all in one you know uh, like realizing well, it was something that uh, at the, the FNG Academy, Sean Buck Rogers saying his mantra and his brand for his um, training people to, to be prepared for selection into elite special forces units and all of the alphabet soup of the different um, phases of those selection processes. His thing is, um, what was it? cast or tabs i think is what he says of, of the mantra being you're not going to give up and quit on this um on this test of your strength conditioning and resolve to to earn access into an elite unit and to pass the 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 selection process to be qualified um you're not going to give up you're not going out of you're either going out there successful or you're going out there you're going to be taken out in a stretcher meaning you're going to push that hard and um that's just a given like you don't get uh you don't get to cry about there's nobody to cry to about that there's nobody to be woke to about that you can't call it micro trauma or micro aggressions or you know what i mean you sign up for that and they put it very clearly he puts it very clearly from his experience how you sign away your rights when you join the military and that's what and and then basically like I'm I'm paraphrasing now but it's like damn 
how many people get ground into a pulp what's the ratio you know that the people who fail out of those selection processes the reason that the the seals and the rangers and all of the different um elite units within the different branches the reason that they the reason that they're put on such a pedestal is that fuck like how many people got literally ground down to the nub and were permanently injured um or even killed in that selection process like it is a combination of genetics will uh luck <laughs> and many other forces the the quality of the training but it's like um it's pretty merciless like to think about it uh they don't have a lot of remorse about uh you know self-care and certainly the a huge factor of it is putting people through extreme uh physical uh and and an intellectual um uh arduous tasking um with while engineering and inducing a chronically uh under uh sleep deprived state and and of course to see who the fuck could actually keep their wits together in a combat zone and so i'm not saying that they should soften or nerf nerfify like those processes i'm just saying to myself like fuck i want to be able to still play guitar i want to be able to still play drums can't i serve my country in other ways you know that don't put me in that meat grinder and i will i will show lots of respect for the people who put themselves through that meat grinder who are willing to risk literally life and limb to be in those units uh that 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 was never me i did not want to um to to put in that level of sacrifice so um but here is but here i am sort of choosing and imposing on myself violating permaculture ethics of of people care by 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 carelessly pushing myself through um through pushing through pain but uh but thinking that it's a calculated risk but i just don't know how to put into words like what it feels like to um to push through in the in with with a higher purpose of serve of serving the protection of and defending and serving the protection of of life of others i mean it's like i become a first responder for the plants that i take custody of and the animals so um i don't do that every day <laughs> i would i used to, i used to have to do that it was called a job it was called work <laughs> and i've been blessed to to not have to do that right now um and and hopefully for forever after but something clicks something gets activated deeply in that uh transmutation of that pain knowing that it when the mission is accomplished you I will be able to rest and uh and and so where how this how this um brings me into wh- how I want to make this homage to Pakiti Tersha is that 
the sense of accomplishment after finishing to secure that dome and it was by then the middle of the night and um I'm sort of yeah steeping for for the for, you know, for the first time in, in in what what felt like eternity actually not moving and actually eating and hide you know I no, I was staying hydrated but like being able to to give the back the rest and therefore not feel pain in moving and everything and uh and it was funny because I uh I was about ready to to just go okay I've 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 earned uh, I've, I've earned my beauty sleep for tonight. I will have to get up early before the sun starts baking things to make sure to water everything and to double check, you know, that the work done at night didn't have a bunch of errors and to make sure that and just also be aware like if I hear any sounds in there I'm going to have to jump out and and fix, you know, breaches and whatnot, but um but it was it was a sweet moment where it you know being a full moon being quite magical i mean i had my little boogie down moments of course at the at the crescendos of the side trance tracks where i'm doing the the job but also since i'm not at work work for someone else i can actually like i can boogie down a little bit while i'm while i'm doing the work you know and uh and when I'm feeling those like epic side trance um, crescendos, just actually like, you know, put a little put a little bit of um, uh, of uh, of groove into 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 still yeah, put a little bit of dance groove into the workflow. But uh, I didn't think I was gonna have a second win, but then the moon like grabbed my attention uh, and 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 just sort of said to me like. Uh, the, the the felt the feeling I I had was like no you you need to dance now like you you need to um, the the mission is not over because you need to dance to celebrate and you need to drink some of your blueberry honey wine honey wine uh, <laughs> mead and. and and really howl at the fucking moon because now the mission that you have been planning for quite a while, factoring in COVID and factoring in tons of logistics and tons of um, design considerations for procurement and and really doing the 99 hours of design so that you have one hour of work or... Uh, of course, I had more than one hour of work, but the but there was a lot of planning that I put into getting to this point. So this was really like the the success of and and the the culmination of of all of that work. And so so the moon didn't have. It was a soft sell for the moon to get me to fucking dance on the full ish moon, um, even though it was freezing fucking cold and super late and and i was burnt but it was like moon moon nudges me to look up at it and then in my peripheral vision i see that honey wine sitting there and i'm like there's no fucking way i'm not celebrating this this milestone without 
without having having uh, you know basically the equivalent of like two glasses of wine, follow that by an equal if not greater amount of of water to stay hydrated, and uh, and really get down and dance and um, and realize that the dancing is like um, what what is required to reset the nervous system from all that back pain and uh, I'm not giving medical advice I'm not saying that I know what is best for uh, anybody with lower back pain but I know that for the most part unless you are in an intact indigenous culture where you sing and dance throughout your your horticulture and your labor so that you prevent injuries and you stay synchronized and in a groove and in a cadence so that you don't bang shovels and drop things on each other you're in a cadence and bill molson knows all about that everything in indigenous societies practicing horticulture and doing labor communally is all metered out by rhythm and song and dance and in africa he says everything is just embedded in that 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 tapestry of sound harmony so it's not the hippiest most woo-woo thing to 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 say yeah if you're gonna fuck up and break your fucking back you know more than you should more than you should ever have to it stands to reason that um in addition to stretching and the yoga asanas, ecstatic trance dancing is, um, I will say, for me, and I, I, I guess I, 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 I would imagine that also for other people, if they if if they do it as a practice. Uh, would discover it for, for to me it was it was just a reminder that um that I had not been dancing enough and that I had been there there was a lot of chi there was a lot of prana there's a lot of energy that was um stagnating and that uh on top of the pain that was induced from all of that work um there was a long overdue and there and I have not been to side trans parties at all since the start of the pandemic so you know what would have been that experience of uh of, of ecstatic trance dancing in a group ceremonial ritual uh, as it were that's that's been gone and then since the scorpions stole the night <laughs> in the middle of the summer I have basically been living between the 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 truckstead tiny home of uh, of my main my 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 original uh truck and and then the new truck 4x4 as my dance floor uh dining hall kitchenette uh <laughs> outdoor office uh space as it were but basically i i i have lived between a, a, a two two truck bed lofts uh, mainly because of the scorching heat of the summer sun on the ground, and and because the seasons seasonality of snakes and scorpions, uh, 
I had to I had to elevate my my ground camp to to the truck beds because I didn't want I didn't want to be stepping on uh, stepping on stepping on scorpions or getting stung by them. Um, and I could make a dance out of staring at the ground and making sure to avoid scorpions, but I, I, I settled for and habituated to, to just this little tiny. It, it was fun, but I was doing my 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 dance routines and even yoga routines on the on the truck, the on the bigger truck bed, and and that was a great, uh, nice little elevated view, but I was not not at all coming close to the full range of motion that you get when you dance and you spin around and basically move uh doing like the kind of flow arts um to where you were doing um magical things happen when either like at a tai chi pace or at like a festival flow arts people with glow sticks and uh hula hoops and things like moving at the pace of psytrance uh bpms and whatnot um yeah between in that range from tai chi to psytrance bpms the what your what the body will do naturally is like um is move over the course of a night of dancing to like to rotate through almost almost every imaginable unless you're a contortionist or like an extreme yogi you're you're the ranges of motion and the fulcrums and the points of rotation um that you get to through a normal flow of ecstatic trance dancing it really rapidly accelerates and resets the the aches and the and the stiffness and the lactic acid buildup and and of course the spiritual dimension of just stuck energy and emotional energy and having you know your boss's bad vibes get stuck in a cramp you know all that stuff like so dancing is super critical and of course mostly it is not it is ecstatic trance dancing is not uh it's a niche thing for meetups <laughs> for people who are into that who will go and find stuff like that but it's a subculture within a subculture and uh and certainly it, it stands it should be it should be far more widely adopted but what i what i like to do uh and have always sort of naturally done as a martial artist as I as I fell in love with side trance, is that for me, the flow state of ecstatic trance dance is is expressing the full range of combatives. So between my my studies of Jeet Kune Do founded by Bruce Lee which is which really sample is a sampling of all of the great martial arts and sciences of the world 
if you've just seen pictures of his bookshelves and you've read The Art of Expressing the Human Body, which was a compilation of his his notes on fitness training, if you've read Tao of Jeet Kune Do, if you have studied in lineages with his students as I have, it does not make me in any way like... I'm not stealing the valor of of Bruce Lee or Jeet Kune Do. I'm, but I am. A, I was a Bruce Lee freak, and I did. I stuck with it longer and deeper than most people who have who get infatuated with Bruce Lee and then they grow out of it. I grew into it more and more, and um, and really feel like I I uh, push myself to a standard that that uh, that he lived by in a lot of ways um because he set such a high standard of uh, of performance and uh and of study and of a, a philosophical approach to 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 just being embodied on this planet you know the philosophy and the the training ethics the training um regimens and everything like i studied it religiously and i and i um, and I use that level of fighting proficiency to avoid combat as any good peace-loving martial artist would. Or at, for, at the very least, you are saving your knuckles and saving your um, emotional content for worthy opponents. So I think that's like what in the movie uh, Sniper with Tom Berenger and Billy Zane, he makes that point about how when he's initiating Billy Zane as, as his um, spotter, as a sniper, he says that uh, <laughs> they're getting basically punked on by these other Marines. And um, and Tom Berenger says they just want to shoot a million rounds and blow stuff up. And, th- and um, I'm not trying to insult anybody who is, uh, let's say, in the more blunt uh, mass um, formations of the front lines of, of military operations and whatnot. But the point that he was making, which is a very elegant point, is that he's talking about one shot, one kill. He's talking about uh, even the crypto sniper, who calls himself the crypto sniper, sniper, he talked about like analogizing the sniper versus the let's say the um the frontline warriors um strategically there is a difference and and what what the crypto sniper says which stuck with me is that uh you know the people who are making lots of trades willy-nilly or just trying to chase the pumps and the green candles and whatnot they're basically like the frontline soldiers in those trenches and and what it takes to be successful with crypto investing um, more than day trading is to be more like the sniper and the sniper as he said lives in a hole with his own shit and waits for that perfect opportunity and to make that to make that uh, in his case you know the one trade of the year or whatever it is you know really getting into that yoga of the sniper if you will and um It's just such a deep study. It's such a deep study and exploration of how martial arts training 
makes you less inclined to engage in petty violence over the dumbest things. Like, road rage is beneath me, bar brawls are beneath me, mouthing off to, uh, in a traffic stop to a law enforcement officer is beneath me, and these aren't the droids you're looking for kind of a thing. You know, you have bigger fish to fry, you're choosing your battles, and you're and you respect the body temple that you're that you are building so much like you want a worthy if you have to engage in combat if you have to engage in mortal combat you're going to want it to be with someone that you actually respect as a warrior as a as an opponent and i've experienced this effect where the the the, the battle i was training for by the time i actually encounter the enemy that I thought I was training for I realized that they're actually not a worthy opponent I'm gonna and and I'm like wow I put in all that effort to prepare for something that that then I discovered I've grown bigger than (laughs) isn't that isn't that a fucking mind that's the mind fuck um, of the path of a martial artist to where you know you you just rise above pettiness And, and 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 ultimately the spiritual dimension of it um, is that uh... well it's all on the chessboard do you want to be a pawn or do you want to be a sort of a, a, a more a more sophisticated combatant let's say and i don't not everybody has a choice because maybe you were all brawn and no brains and uh you know full metal jacket will very terse attitude he takes towards the guy who gets the duty of finding mines you know what is that what do you read into that between the lines um they know how to sort out the people who have brains and brawn the hard and smart men they know how to sort them out um bruce lee was a cha-cha dancer i'm trying to fucking remember what the hell i was talking about but yes combative ecstatic trance dancing two side trance under the full moon celebrating the securing of a fledgling food forest against the extreme conditions of a climate uh disaster and uh and and trying to keep your wits and drink that that blueberry honey wine and uh and 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 enjoy but so it's like this is the thing everything was agonizing pain grimacing wincing whimpering shouting just sounding like a cross between you know homer simpson just the the belly aching aging man who is just a, a, a everything is triggering him to be a grump just uh in agonizing pain that that was happening for hours and hours and hours and hours and then all it took was a fucking wink from the moon and a couple glasses of that wine and I am now in the zone dancing through these flow arts and combatives to where all of that pain 
goes away and I wake up with no fucking pain. And, and if it was a work week where I didn't get to do that, that pain would be following me the whole all week long and it would just get worse and worse and worse until the fucking weekend when I would get to dance it off. And so <laughs> it, it really, it really, uh, it's an interesting combination of factors. The, the, the extreme conditions that led, that, that kind of boxed me into where I wasn't getting to do my full range of ecstatic, you know, weaponized ecstatic combative trance dancing with, the with sticks and machete and knives and doing the the formations to where if you are doing combatives uh with weapons uh blade weapons and sticks and whatnot um then you're getting extra uh bonus effects of this emergent property that is putting that little bit of weight and momentum is going to help you stretch deep deeper and further into the full range of motion and of course you know you could overdo that and cause injury but if you're holding a machete or or uh collie sticks or um or training knives or even real knives or whatever you're you're there's uh even more for me and i'm not giving you medical advice but for me an even more therapeutic effect doing that not to mention you're training consistently to be hard to kill and you're training to be be uh uh, yourself a lethal weapon and so i'm i don't think i sound like i'm coming across as a real macho person i'm (laughs) i feel like i'm the the uh that a stiff breeze could knock me over I feel like pretty pretty low on the totem pole of uh of 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 badass martial artists uh but I do know that um per the advisement of 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 who I consider to be my the most uh um the highest uh ranking um martial arts uh hero of in in my lifetime who i share have the honor to share the the earth with and have had that honor to share the earth with is um grand tuhan leo taje if i'm saying his name right junior of the pakiti tersha kali lineage and uh and and i've had that pleasure of being a contemporary and training within the official pakiti tersha um sort of system system of of licensed schools and instructors and because of a what's called a non-disclosure agreement i'm not going to say exactly who i trained under and i'm going to as per my promise to him keep keeps his trade secrets and his training secrets um uh, offline but um but i can speak freely in the generalities of the system of pakiti tershikali and uh and also speak to the um, the importance of Leo's uh, discourses on blade culture as a Filipino uh, high-ranking military uh, instructor and officer, if I if I have if I have my understanding correct. But basically, why this matters is that. Uh,
tactical permaculture, blade culture, the evolution of Chinese farming tools into Kung Fu uh, weapons, uh, this continuum of the the warrior gardener and the uh, traditional ancientness of <laughs> like what I'm calling tactical permaculture, that is what Lapu Lapu killed Magellan with and hence protected all of his people from the first wave of colonization by Magellan's Magellan and that wave. So, <laughs> like, I'm basically reverse engineering what is native to any indigenous Filipino Pakiti Tertia Kali practitioner, whether they're a, a master teaching the military and the law enforcement agencies across the world like Leo has, and you were a leader and spokesperson for that ancient lineage, or you were just a woman walking down the street who in the uh, Discovery Channel series called Fight Quest, when the two uh, dashing and handsome lads uh, do this reality TV show of, 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 of um, fast-track training in martial arts systems all around the world. It's one of the best. I mean, if you played Street Fighter 2 and, and you haven't watched Discovery Channel's Fight Quest series, you are missing out and you're in for a treat. Because to me, it's like Ken and Ryu in real life or something. Or, you know, straight out of Street Fighter, the way this, the way the, it, it, it was just, it was just amazing, amazing. And so when they do the the Kali um, extravaganza, one of them gets to train with Leo and go through the actual Filipino Pakiti Tersha Kali training camps uh, and. Uh, and the other one does a sort of more urban track, but uh, both bringing in elements of the modern and the ancient, of course. And uh, that's the stuff that boys dream about. That is the stuff that is every montage in every martial arts film from the 80s that built my passion for martial arts. They live that over the course of a week basically they got to get trained up in a, in a crash course on the system and then they got to do a bit of a tournament um, to test their skills with the, that they had learned uh, it's just amazing uh, really proud of that of that project uh, that, that, that that was done but um, but you get some of the philosophy from Leo about uh, about the system how deep the roots are in indigeneity and in, in and in um, defending ancient lifeways and defending against waves of colonizers. But but you, if you go down the rabbit hole of his discourse on blade culture, I think it's the most compelling, uh, the most compelling storytelling of all everything all of the american ninjas all of the ninja turtles all of the kickboxers all of the seagal material as compelling as all of that stuff is to initiate and activate the warrior responsibility of everyone not just the one percent of americans who join the american military like that's not adequate um, percentage 
and that is the economic factor. I don't think that's really. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that uh, that there's, that one percent of the population is is the is the. No, I think in a healthy society, being a warrior is not. Um, I mean, certainly there are those who are stronger and more tactically adept than others, but everybody. For example, the majority of people, it seems, in steeped in the tradition of uh, of street stick fighting in the Philippines, traditionally that was just, um, I guess you could call it a rite of passage. It was just like a sport. It's just like you know your ki- kids are going to grow up and they're going to play soccer or football or something as a part of PE or whatever. So imagine if PE was lethal combative knife and stick fighting <laughs> because you might need to use it to save your life because the bully isn't just going to take your lunch money they might slit your fucking throat you know so leo really drives that in a way that's compelling for anybody in the world who has ever been sexually assaulted who's had anyone they care about ever sexually assaulted uh to be negligent with leaving it to law enforcement to come and clean up the mess after you've been raped and killed or whatever, uh, and for them to often do a pretty cynical, half-assed job with it, uh, give credit where it's due, of course, but um, this is fucking bone-chilling narrative that you get from Leo, and uh, I have not met him personally um i i'm i don't i hope he's alive and well i don't even honestly know at this point um how he's doing but uh or if he's with us still but but my experience training consistently for a period of time in pakiti tushikali goes back now it's been about almost 10 years since i was formally in in training and then it has been embedded in me and instilled in me into my bones through a similar, tra- the, the type of transmission that I received from a, a, a tantric uh, dakini, if you will, a female priestess activating kundalini through what's what's called shaktipat transmission, placing the palm of the guru on the, on the third eye of the aspirant. That sort of ceremony that... Uh, is very much looks like something out of being knighted or something like from the scene in Bloodsport where he gets his ninjutsu knighthood with the with the master like the tantric version of that um, was something that I experienced so the the palpability of something you can't explain which is a transmission of energy and knowledge sort of like a download that comes from physical contact with a master. I I had that experience in training in Pakiti Tursha with my instructor who, when I was going through the combative motions of the knife fighting tactics and the stick fighting tactics and the the sort of grappling tactics of that system, I noted very distinctly the moment at which I felt a spirit, the spirit of Pakiti Tershakali uh, flowing into me like electrical circuitry, very much like a Kundalini awakening experience, but it was coming through these combative movements. 
and there was a quality of something that was beyond both of us that was non-human and um am i saying that uh i need to make a movie about that moment or that makes me the chosen one or that makes me initiate no when you look at what those guys did in fight quest to be considered initiates into kali from leo himself i would have i went nowhere near that level of of enduring pain and suffering and a beating taking beatings i didn't get jumped in to pakiti tersha kali the way they did you know uh it was much more tame than that but what i can say is that there is a palpable transmission experience and there is also a very deep like George Lucas Steven Spielberg caliber story behind the interchange of indian um martial arts and spirituality in peaceful delegations of trading throughout the philippines uh before the let's call it white european colonial era where there was a golden age of cultural transmission throughout east asia and there are artifacts of what was in training called the naga the snake head on the end of the gununtin blade weapons that are basically like swords that are the size of about of about the size of machetes but but quite a bit heavier and shaped uh sort of what would you say they they're basically shaped like shears like a like if you took apart a pair of shears it would look more like that they're kind of f- pointing into each other and there and that is i believe the official translation of a gununtin but i held one in my hand and it's no joke that is a fucking spiritually charged weapon and they have a bloodlust of their own and that's part of the lore and if you watch that fight quest you will hear the gift that is given to the initiate is a gununtin that was or it, it was a, i'm not going to say if i know the terminology correct if that was exactly the 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 uh the, the weapon that was handed to him i'd have to watch it again and 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 take a care, more careful note but basically he was given a, a weapon that he said was used by the marines that he's trained and that they had a quite a, a significant head count already of <laughs> of bad guys heads that were removed with it so he got to have that that weapon and um you know I don't take this lightly just like when Mike Glover says he wants to you know he he doesn't think it's cute basically I'm paraphrasing but he doesn't think it's cute when when Instagram wanna be rock stars post pictures of themselves kissing the barrels of guns and stuff like that like like it's cute and there are people who've never been in combat and never taken lives. Hey, I'm a civilian. I've been in combat, but I have not been in state state sanctioned combat. Um uh, I don't have a kill count to my name. Uh no confirmed kills to my name. I don't have a um I've never tasted blood as they say with a dog biting people and you know where that goes, but uh but i have that respect and i don't take it lightly and i don't i don't like to joke about it um but i understand like there is a need for people to be willing to defend the perimeter and prevent rape and abuse and and that can't just be the police and the army and 
<laughs> and being in some sketchy uh, conspiracy uh, militia that gets stalked by the ATF, that can't be the only option. So there just needs to be more really like well-trained, ethical, uh, dutiful community um, citizen first responders who are actually capable of instituting physical security and who are um, educated in blade culture, uh, if not directly, hopefully indirectly through the tutelage and the lessons learned from the Filipino uh, Pekita Tershikali uh, practitioners who who can talk very um, eloquently about the history of the Philippines fighting off with blade culture, traditional ancient blade culture, going back to the days of Lapu-Lapu, who lopped off Magellan's body parts for all we can imagine, and there's monuments and, and fucking great tableaus and murals of this of the glorious event. I, imagine if only... Um, Imagine, imagine the entire Western Hemisphere. If, uh, if only Lapu Lapu could have been magically teleported to every place that the uh, that the conquistadors landed in the Western Hemisphere, you'd have a much different map, and uh, and you wouldn't call it Columbus Day <laughs> uh, if if you catch the drift. But who do I want to learn from? Who do I want to bow down to and honor? Um, I don't think it's going to be two directional because I think that there's there's a lot of conservatism um, that would not look kindly on my my friendliness to homosexuality, my friendliness to mind altering substances, my friendliness to um, to the divine feminine, as it were. That's I don't know anything necessarily. I'm not saying anything about Leo. Again, we don't have a direct relationship, and I will not be on record saying that I am in any way. Uh, like I'm not gonna. I, I used to wear my Pakiti T-shirt, T-shirt, but I won't do that now. I think I've gone too far uh, out out into the rogue status to where I just keep that card, you know, a little bit. I, I don't need to represent that uh, in a way that that they would want to scrutinize me because it is a fraternity right or beyond just the masculine it's it's a it's a it's a tribe and uh and i don't feel like i'm i'm uh <laughs> like a good fit for it but i but as leo says blade culture is for everybody and when he talks about saying things like my he says my heart is pure he knows what it was like to experience as and he's an elder he's he the video i saw where he talks about this he's already an elder and so he's talking about his memories of the the transgressions of the priests of the of the, the of the colonizers and like there's this f fresh rawness to the cultural wounding that occurred in the philippines at, at the hands of of the uh the first waves the spanish the uh the japanese the americans the three major waves of occupation that were that were fought off uh, in different durations of, of of protracted wars and protracted uh violence and uh and in the end against what he calls uh firearm and explosive culture the blade culture 
time and again since time immemorial has won out and he is the foremost advocate for retooling the military and law enforcement agencies of the world to be adept with blade with blade culture and tactically be prepared to fight with not just hand to hand um but with literally carrying and being willing to and 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 equipped and trained to deploy edged weapons and he talks about the statistics of bla- of 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 stabbings and slashings of police officers and whatnot. It's like how could you how could you just forget? How could you be so enamored with things that go bang and boom <laughs> that you would not that you would forget the it's like you need to be backwards compatible. You need to have that built in. Uh, so he trains and, and leads some of the only uh, military personnel on the planet who still actually fight with a bladed weapon in one hand and a firearm uh, in another. So, so where you're basically like interchangeably flowing between knives the, the, for all intents and purposes, you know, I guess for... Um, the Kanuntin is a fancy specialized Filipino martial arts weapon that uh, is expensive too, for, for one thing. But a machete will do probably, you know, nine times out of ten if it comes down to <laughs> to defending your life. And certainly the uprisings in Latin America that use machetes, my God, if only if only there was a Pakiti Tersha Kali um, force training the indigenous Chiapa machete uprising people then the cartels would have another thing coming and hey maybe i maybe i can maybe there's a red dot on my forehead just for having said that like sorry no cartels i'm not i'm not trying to troll the cartels but uh, but i will say um hey you think it's fucking primitive and backwards to be dancing in the moonlight with a fucking machete well Leo Leo Taji Jr. Grand Tuhan would 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 beg to differ, and have the historical precedent to prove it. So, you know, I'm not threatening anyone. Probably the best use of my machete is going to be to chop and drop nitrogenous tree material to mulch my food forest. And um, goddess forbid anybody comes to fuck with my food forest because they might have to. Um, do a little bit of sparring with me, but but we'll make it a good time. It'll be a dance, and uh, and that's the beauty of, of the martial arts is ritualizing violence and, and avoiding um, avoiding that uh, unchecked aggression. So all that is to say, I wanted to take a moment to pay a bit of an homage to how I am healing my horrific agonizing monster of a fucking back pain curse with the combative ecstatic trance dancing arts and uh i don't know if there's any militaries or martial arts studios anywhere in the world who are actually like bumping side trance for their routines for their initiates and their uh infantry people or whatever like i don't i don't know that that is happening Uh, you know you still hear there was there was some pretty good goa sounding music in that discovery channel soundtrack 
there was some pretty good, uh, you know, of course they got the obligatory new metal <laughs> and whatnot, but, uh, but Hey, I mean, warriors are, are shaped by music as much as by being barked at by, uh, by, <laughs> by their drill sergeant or their, or their instructor, you know? So, um, I would not be here if it wasn't for the just cheese dripping eighties montage power ballad fucking uh, like epic uh uh yeah epic epic music and and if anything i i guess i will always i'll always uh think back to iron eagle and the way that he pissed off lewis gossett jr by blasting his heavy metal in the cockpit to give him that extra juice he needed to like complete the mission so um i don't know man i i, I don't know if uh I, don't, I haven't talked to anybody i don't have anybody friends i don't have any close friends who are like in the military or even many close friends who came out of it um for ideological reasons like didn't really make too many of those personal friends but but um but I gotta wonder, like, if there is a uh, a ministry of adrenalizing workout music and combative music. Uh, I'd be very interested if that's a a niche anywhere in the you know in all of those hierarchies of instruction and intelligence, and whatnot. But with more than enough said on more than enough topics, I will come to a close but first i want to just highlight a few things that came to mind as i as i felt the spirit of P- of Piki Tershikali like really um really fucking swoop in to reunite with me uh just the other night and just being like dude don't don't stray from don't stray from the constant conditioning of the sticks and the blades um and the footwork and and it's always yeah it's just you know for me <laughs> get ready for the storms to really come and and and, and wreck your shit <laughs> and uh and the best way to be ready for for all forces uh of nature and of um bad guys like be be always dancing and be always training and and keep that that spirit alive um so a few notes i'm going to end with that came to mind as a uh in addition to what i said so far is um what what the what have i missed here well yeah here's a couple of things we, yeah again with again without violating my nda of my my main instructor these are things that are easy to glean from the way that Pakiti Tershakali is is trained. Um, it's worth noting that uh, well, I, I, I'm even going to go to the extent that without permission to, to quote my instructor, I'm not even going to say I'm going to see how how I can respect that and still make the point. Basically, it's um uh 
Well, here's, here's, here is, so if I want to make a selling point for Bikini Trishikali, if you're listening to this and you go, I've never heard of this, or maybe I've seen it in movies, or maybe, I don't know, like, I'm going to say that uh, in the marketplace for people who want to do more than sportive things, like, for example, Taekwondo is not, is ill-advised to, it's ill-advised to do jujitsu like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, those are sports that 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 masters of the sport certainly are you don't want to fuck with them on the street. However, they are not I would say street centric fighting systems and neither is kung fu and Bruce Lee had so much to say about just the difference between martial arts, martial science, self-defense, street fighting, tournament fighting and whatnot um fighting clean fighting dirty you know fighting a a determined attacker versus a somebody who's you know doing a tournament for points or whatever so if you are someone let's say who has been raped And you say to yourself, I'm never going to let that happen again, no matter what. And then you, you start your search for how am I going to become hard to rape next time? And you see the options, Muay Thai, mixed mixed martial arts, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Karate, Taekwondo, uh, Aikido, the list goes on. Uh, Caparilla, um, what else should I be giving credit to? So, um, there's innumerable sportive martial arts systems that are all beautiful. They're all, I love them all. I'm in love with them all. I'm polyamorous with all of the martial arts of the world. However, when it comes to what is going to make you hard what's going to make it hard to rape you what will make what will make you hard to rape what most people are going to go to is is a probably a women's self defense um track of offerings that you can find out there there's the there's the model mugger training there's the bullet man training there is uh what is it what is her name um well there there oh, well even Cynthia Rothrock like there's a there's a lot of a lot of adaptations of martial arts to to street self defense combatives and uh and I would recommend to anybody yes like do that first do them do the martial arts later but start with the fundamentals of of self-defense street fighting and know be able to know the difference and be able to tactically know the difference of why you wouldn't do fancy jump spin kicks to defend your life or to prevent rape you would be sharpening your your knee cap low sidekick and then doing lots of running so that you could do that and run 
the the palm strikes the finger jabs the finger flicks the knee to the groin all all those fundamental street self-defense combatives but so there's so obviously there's that which is great and then i would say that the next most available like combative martial art uh system martial science system that has that has been very successful rolling out is krav maga and i have I trained with a very astute Krav Maga student. He was not a, he was not the master, but he was one of the I guess you could say a very dedicated student and we had a bit of a I called it open source martial arts a little training collective uh for a while and we all kind of brought different we did a lot of fun stuff. I'll have to tell that story sometime, but but uh but yeah, I dabbled. I learned a little bit of that, and I have tremendous, tremendous respect for the end result of what Krav Maga uh, delivers for people to be hard to kill, hard to rape, hard to mug, hard to kidnap, <laughs> hard to torture, hard to interrogate, <laughs> because it is, to my knowledge, a elite Israeli uh, military adapted system where it's fucking hardcore and the thing is i'm i was attracted to it and i discovered that before i discovered bikini tershikali and i'm not the kind of person who ever wants to be like this is my system's better than yours my dad can beat up your dad all that bullshit like what i do want to say about the decision making tree that stood out to me and, and and a selling point for me that really stood out about about training with Pakiti Trichikali was that I mean this doesn't go for everybody but I will speak from my own experience and say I have heard horror stories about what happens in Krav Maga studios and the irony of people who go who go oh man I want to do the most badass thing not realizing that yeah it's the most fucking badass thing it may be bona fide the most one of the fucking most extremely badass things you could ever learn to do but a repeating trend that i have been made aware of is that it is so badass that in training you have a higher chance of being injured and there's people who come out and like man i just wanted to learn self-defense and now I'm fucking injured for life. I've been crippled by my self-defense. And I, of course, I signed a indemnity form, you know, fucking anything goes, can't sue. And and you shouldn't sue and fuck suing people anyway for most <laughs> dumb shit that people flip on a fucking banana peel. And I mean, ambulance chasers and all that, all that madness. But uh, point being... I was very turned off by the prospect of like, okay, these are people who are so fucking macho. And no, I don't want to, I, I, I do not want to be on record saying anything bad. Believe me, I have the highest respect and I do not want to test my skills against anybody who has spent a day doing Krav Maga more than me. Um, all, all I know is just this sort of, uh, this, this, what do you call it like um I'm, I'm, i have a phobia of training in that because of what i've heard about like how you know how how it can go 
how it can go wrong. And um, I'm not saying that Pekiti Tershikali training can't go wrong. I will just say that one thing that I learned from my instructor, and believe me, he wasn't a softy, <laughs> and he wasn't like pulling punches or trying to like water it down. He was making it more potent for me expressing expressing an attitude of how critical it is that in training you do not wear out your fists you don't wear out your your sticks you don't wear out your blades you train in a manner that uh, is not you're not uh, sacrificing strength and power and and perfection of the sacred geometry of the forms of training uh, the way it's done very precisely in Pekiti Tershikali, you are just taking extra measures, or we took far more measures to protect ourselves in training than I had experienced in, in, in any other setting. And I can't say that this speaks for everybody training in Pekiti Tershikali, and but I'm saying like, there seemed to be a people care aspect that is very fucking permaculture to me because i want to be i want to be i don't want to say the word a badass i want to be tactically correct i want to have defensive wherewithal i want to be able to to offer sensible physical security to myself to my project to my guests to my lovers to all life that I love and care to defend, I want to be competent and strong and capable in, in, the, in that manner. And I don't want to cripple myself or injure myself or anyone else in the process of learning and conditioning and maintaining that, th- that skill set. So it stood out to me things like this notion of the slap and the hack versus the closed fist, fist punch and I and, and so that's just one thing that pointed out to, that stood out for me. Now you could tell me that you've been doing Pekiti Tershikali for your whole life, and it's all about smashing and grinding and tearing yourself up and wearing out every bone. And and so maybe I've got it all wrong, and I was just in a in nerf land, you know, where, where I was training, but I got a different sense. I got a sense that if you care about your soldiers and you're training them to fight to defend the safety of your people, you're not going to they're not going to be expendable to you. And you see the shamanism that is involved, you see that in that fight quest uh, series and and you see the sacredness and you see the respect and that is something that I don't necessarily see in the stoicism of like military boot camps. And, you know, for me, it's only been hearing the stories of other people. But like you have the cynicism of uh, Oliver Stone and the cynicism of um, of uh, um, the cynicism of... Um, Coppola and uh, and who am I spacing on? Um, uh, Kubrick, right? So to me, that was like my my dissuasion from the military was 
Platoon Apocalypse Now um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, of course. But then, <laughs> if you think that was over the top and just hamming it up for Hollywood, you got to listen to the Pipe Hitter podcast where you hear about how they treat these guys and gals, what they, the drugs they put in them, the, um, the way they chew them up and spit them out. And, uh, and when I think about the sacredness and the shamanism and the, the, the people care, the tactical permaculture of the Filipino fucking, uh, like the, the way that they're informed at a deeper spiritual level and the duty of care that that is in that lineage of blade culture it's not this like a uh, uh factory of um uh, fodder of pawns like i don't get that feeling from them and sure there's pride in being an infantry person there's pride in being the tip of the spear and like what you hear from Jack Nicholson when he's punking on the naval uh, personnel, Tom Cruise and Demi Moore saying like, oh, the Navy. Yeah, you're you're the guys who give us the who, who, who give us the ride to the fight. And just this sort of like, fuck, like I have no clue what the the politics and tribalism there is between the different uh, the different branches of the military. But like. I know there's a lot of dignity, I know there's a lot of honor, but I know there's also, like, even Edward Snowden's story of what you see, you see it in the film that that was made called Snowden about um, <laughs> how he got chewed up and spit out, and and uh, and that, that's just that, but I think, you know, hey, Blade Culture, man, look into it, and... Uh, and maybe bring back some of that people care to the tactical training and maybe bring a little bit more of that uh, training in nature and training with bamboo. And uh, maybe you train by building and growing your fort, like grow your base. <laughs> and instead of MREs, tactical permaculture, that when you see the embeddedness of the force recon marines in the philippines initiating this western boy and just man like who would not die and kill to have these warriors be your mentors be your fathers imagine how unrapeable your daughters would be if you grew up in that culture and when you see in that in that series you see just rando stranger woman on the street gets down with her collie sticks man if i could who do i have to beg to be reborn into blade culture in the next life you know so fucking dead serious about that so fucking dead serious about not being reborn into a culture that does not empower every person to become a fucking walking blender that's unfucking rapeable and i'll leave it at that
Cause I'm training for you We got a love 